Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a while. And it's a big one. Welcome to the 200th episode of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. We've done more podcasts than there have been open championships. Well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> 200 episodes, and this is it. Um, thank you, first off, for everybody mm. who listens, watches, comments, subscribes, follows the Facebook page, gets involved with the podcast. It's been a hell of a journey. Mm. I've really enjoyed the podcast. It was, you know, it's, we've got the the celebrationary live podcast coming up in a few weeks time which by the way we sold out a ticket so quick thank you so much everybody that, that bought tickets and are going to come to the live show more live shows coming in the future as well so stay tuned for those but it's to celebrate four years and for making 200 episodes commitment it's a crazy journey actually because you know, I, I'm sure we have talked about this on the podcast in the past like the podcast really came out of a couple of factors Number one, everybody was doing a podcast, correct? <laughs> we follow, we are sheep. <laughs> so, so we wanted to bring our twist to the party. And I feel like the following that we've gained has surprised you and me. Yes. Um, you know, the main the you podcast channel now has had over 240-odd thousand subscribers. The Facebook page with over 100,000 followers. The Instagram does well. The Twitter does well. Um, each weekly listens on whether you listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to it, the following is, is incredible. Mm. Um, and really, it was a platform for myself and, and to chat to Guy, who I chat to pretty much every single day anyway, just to chat about what we do uh, from a, a business behind the scenes of the videos and then to be able to branch it out and have some incredible guests oh, on insane. the channel like Sir Nick Faldo. Yes. Adam Scott. Yes. Lee Westwood. Um, Bryson. Bryson DeChambeau, Victor Hovland, Brad Faxon, Ricky Fowler, Claude Harmon third, even like Mia Baker, Sophie Walker, Carly Booth. I'm, I'll miss people off. Loads. Uh, Zane Scotland. Um, Martin Borgmeyer. Martin Borgmeyer. Richard Hammond. Richard Hammond. Who would have thought <laughs> when we started this podcast 200 episodes ago, we'd have had Richard Hammond from Top Gear fame sat here on our podcast. John Robbins. John Robbins, multiple times. We've forgot a massive one, though. Uh, I'm trying to look on Matthew here. Fryer. Matthew, of course. He's on three Tom, times. Tommy Fleetwood. Minwoo Lee. Like, amazing. So, the guests have been amazing. Today's episode is also a guest who we've had on the on the podcast before. 
Grant Horvath. Yes. So it's a special episode today. Grant is over here in the UK. We we invited him over for a week's worth of filming, which is coming your way very soon. But Grant, very interesting kind of background. Obviously, was in Good Good. Mm. Left over the winter time last year, about December last year. Left, and he's now flying solo. If you are normally somebody that listens to the podcast, we massively appreciate it. We know a lot of people get in the car or they go for a run or go to the gym and put the podcast on. Don't stop doing that. However, for this episode, I would recommend at least watching a portion of it because just just to witness how good Grant's teeth are. They're amazing. He's got the best set of teeth in England right now, I think we can say. (laughs) Can't we? These Americans bring their nice teeth over. Um, But yeah, it's great to have Grant on. Um, We've just recorded the podcast, so we've chatted loads about his his journey since leaving Good Good, uh, what he's doing in the future. He also hinted at big collaboration down the he line did. he's hinted at playing with also Hinted, with me, but also hinted at playing golf at medalist with a certain Mister mm, Mister Tiger. Yeah, he seemed to hint at Tiger and his son, so he that did. was interesting. I don't think he was meant to say that. Well, we've said it again anyway. So. Um, but yeah, it, it's a great journey. Um, whether he had any regrets leaving Good Good, we kind of touched obviously on Good Good because obviously it's, it, he was a former member, but also gave him lots, lots of time to talk about his future endeavors, his projects, what he loves about YouTube. He's a huge YouTube fan. Uh, so that was really interesting as well so uh, that's coming up very very soon yes um and also just want to and and it's been interesting because we've not released a podcast for two weeks yeah and boy did we know about it Mm. and i'm going to take it as a huge compliment there Mm -hmm. was a lot of um disgruntled i would say viewers and listeners rightly so who um certainly allowed their voice be heard in the fact that we'd not released the podcast for two weeks i will make everyone in a small deal if they're going to subscribe to um my new website i've just created that is called rickshieldspodcast.co.uk forward slash pay us loads of money and they want to subscribe for 20 pound a month we'll do a podcast every single week how's every that day. sound every day no but just on that though just just following on your point on that yeah we did we release a podcast every tuesday morning that is the plan and that will carry on. And we have a couple of weeks off for holidays and whatnot. Um, but that doesn't mean the podcast is stopping. We will be committed. If there's ever a week where there's not a podcast, there's a reason why that is. Either we're doing it on the Wednesday because of something, or we've been ill, or we're on holiday. It's very rare there's not one. We aim we, for one a week. We probably should have, in hindsight, had the foresight of, of giving you a bit of a heads up in the last episode. But the last episode was a guest episode with Bob the Sport. So yeah. we kind of probably weren't thinking far enough ahead, really. Well, what we are doing straight after we finish this intro now, we're actually recording another one straight away that won't come out next week, I don't think, but it will come out the week after. So on the 26th, no, no, that's wrong. I'm looking at the wrong month. On the, in fact, it might be the week after that. Where are we now? What? No, it's, it's, it's in the 20th. It's like 24th. No, it is the 26th, actually. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, the 26th of. September, the week of the Ryder Cup, we will be having, which we're recording now, a Ryder Cup special. Not just us chatting nonsense, though. We have got Dave Sampson from European Golf Designs, who is the guy that literally designed Marco Simone Golf Course incredible we got to play the golf course a couple of weeks ago and we actually played with david himself um so that podcast is going to be coming out a week of the rider cup we're recording it straight after this but like i say first off thank you everybody for listening watching thanks to all the incredible team that worked so hard behind the scenes a wonderful team of one matt who <laughs> <laughs> works quite hard occasionally so matt who does an amazing job on the podcast and obviously yourself guy for for planning and bringing guests to the party and just being a very good co-host um Enjoy, everyone. This is the episode with Grant. Um, and just 
just a quick one before we start that. You did say to me when we started this podcast to invoice your grand an episode. I've not got around to doing the invoice yet. Oh, so it's yeah. 200 episodes, 200 grand. I'll send um, the invoice. So to uh, Mickey Mouse at Disneyland, um, Florida. Is that Minnie's husband? Uh, yeah, he'll him. sort it for yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> okay, he's got it for you. All right, guys, thanks for listening and enjoy this 200th special episode with Grant Horvat. Special guest. Grant, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having on me. On our 200th yes. episode, we wanted to bring in some real firepower. <laughs> right. And you are the man for the job. Was this plan? You've flown <laughs> yes. in all the way from Jupiter, Florida. You landed yesterday and this morning to kick off the Rick Shields and Grant Horvat week. We've got you straight on the podcast. Straight on it, right? You've got no clubs at the moment. You've got no... <laughs> luggage <laughs> you don't have much luck when you're traveling over here to the uk yeah I, I think at this point people are sick of the you know i lost my club videos because i've done like three already but yeah they're currently at the airport and hopefully we, we get them today. i'm starting to think that actually his clubs are in his hotel room all along it's ah. a nice little content strand every single trip yeah yeah no, he, get, it, he gets a few new clothes through the business yeah, he goes right. shopping yeah all my clothes i mean I, we went shopping last night just to get this so there it's you been, go. It's been a it's been a rough one so far. How's life, Grant? We oh. had you on the podcast before, July last mm. year. I feel like a lot's changed mm. since that. Yeah, a lot. I mean, I mean, the biggest thing for me was moving back to Florida. Um, I'm back in Jupiter, Florida, and that that's one of my favorite places to be because that's home to me, and that's where I do fishing and, and diving, and I'm always golfing. So that's that's a huge part. And then obviously going solo has been a huge change and you know it's been amazing actually like just i mean the stuff that we've been able to accomplish so far has been has been really fun and we got a lot of great stuff coming up but yeah it's been it's been awesome well you you channel youtube channel is killing it Mm. you are you getting close to half a million subscribers aren't you we're getting there yeah it's moving and that and that's grown a lot in the last kind of 12 months or so six months specifically right but it feels like your content you're stranded it feels like you're really finding your identity mm, in the right. world of youtube golf would that be fair to say yeah i think um you know going solo what it did was it made me focus all my attention on the channel um so now it's like every day i wake up and you know it never i mean you know as a youtuber it doesn't stop like you're thinking constantly about the next idea the next concept and um, yeah, all my focus has gone towards the channel and, and now it's like, it just, it feels good. And like, like I said, we, we have some ideas to even potentially start a teaching channel. Cause that's, that's something I have a passion for is teaching golf. Um, but yeah, it's just, it feels good to just be able to focus on that one thing and do it well. I was, uh, I was over in January in Jupiter. This is already December. I went to Jupiter. It's possibly one of my favorite places on the, in the whole world. It's unbelievable. And you got to play medalist. I got to play medalist with Ricky Fowler. Unbelievable. And to be honest, I played a number of really amazing golf courses. I love the par three Palm Beach golf course. Right. Floridian. Played at Floridian. That's a great played one. Played at Jupiter Hills with Sir Nick Faldo. Right. Which is pretty cool. Um, two two golf courses there. Really interesting. Um, obviously medalist. Right. I feel like I played somewhere else as well. But the amount of golf courses in that area is ridiculous. It's you played just from living there almost my whole life. You played my favorite golf course. Do you, do you want to guess which one it was? Floridian. Nope. 
Palm, Palm Beach, Par 3. No. Nope. It's a medalist. No. Oh, the one you... Jupiter Hills. Jupiter Hills. Is that your favourite out of all them? That's my favourite. The Hills course. Did you play the Hills course? Uh, when you are stood at the clubhouse, I teed off on the left. Oh, so you played the other one. Yeah. You played the village. Okay, so there's two courses there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my favourite golf course in Florida is Jupiter Hills. What? The, the Hills course. The one where you tee off on the... Better than medalist. Yeah, I got to play medalist the other day, um, which is pretty special, but I don't know if I'm... For someone that's not be, for, for someone that's not been to a uh, to Jupiter, why are you saying it like that? I'm not sure if I can what. I felt like it was something there. You know, that guy you played with someone. I got to play. I don't know if I'm allowed to even. Was it filmed? It was not filmed. No. Well, there's a there's a certain very high profile player that seems to play there, and there's also a very high profile son that also seems to play ah. there. Yeah. And I've got a funny feeling that you might be quite friendly with a certain profile player's son. Yes, I, he's a. We've been able to to play a couple of times together, and I got to hang out with, and that's who it was with the dad time. of that son. So that was what? good. Yeah, I got to hang out with him. But and this week you get to play the Marriott yeah. Worsley Park with, with Rick Shields. Shields. <laughs> yes, that's a reality, Grant. <laughs> Just as good. Just that's wow. pretty cool. How yeah. did you play? Uh, I played good. Um, I think a medalist was one of the toughest courses I played because we played it's it from so the hard. Tigers team. Yeah, it's the, so hard. The first hole is two seventy to carry the marsh. Tell me about it. I couldn't carry it. Oh, so I mean, it was into the wind, and I like I thinned it and it came up short. I couldn't even carry it. It's such a hard first tee shot. The whole golf course is very, very difficult. Right. It's really challenging. It gets a little. I, I certainly got into my match with Ricky on the back nine, and started playing a little bit better. You can't miss. No, if you miss the fairway on a normal golf course, you could you might be in the trees or maybe you're on, on another hole. Right there, you're in trees and you are not finding that golf ball i mean and just florida golf in general the palmetto bushes will just they eat it up they eat your balls yeah and then tight lies around <laughs> tight yeah. lies around the greens yeah. yeah you know big undulating undulating greens as well it's such a challenge but i suppose if you're playing it all day every day that type of golf you, your game is going to get a lot better oh yeah for sure and if you're playing medalist from those tees you have to get better. Mm. I mean, just to even break par out there, it feels like a 65 on another course. 100%. It's that difficult. So is your game in a good spot right now? It is, yeah. I, uh, I, I've i been playing some of the best golf of my life recently because I believe I, I went to a more forgiving iron. I think I've always drove the ball pretty good. My putting's always streaky. But what I did is I changed to the P770, which is a thicker yeah. iron. And instead of playing like the TWs, which I did in the beginning... I just said, like, I'm going to throw ego. I'm going to throw pride. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing everything out. And they're not that thick. They're not that thick at all. But I played a, I have a full set right now of the P770s. That surprises me. Yeah. yeah. And I never get any jumpers or anything, and they go the correct So what's that help you with more mishits? You're finding more a tighter dispersion still? or It's just mishits in general. Yeah. Yeah, because before, you know, you mishit a TW, and you're going to come up a lot shorter than now if I, if I mishit this P770. I could be pin high. Well, that's exciting to hear because one thing we're hoping to film this week, we've got many, many videos to film this week we're going to come on to probably in this video. We're looking at a new series. We're going to get you in the hit studio and do like a kind of quite deep, geeky and in-depth what's in the bag. Yeah. Right. So that will come to the hit channel soon and you can go through every club and why you're using it. So if you want to hit, if you want to watch that video, we'll link it down below when it's out. It could be a good one. That's that's as long as Grant's Club's definitely arrived today. <laughs> They're here. They're, <laughs> They're here. here. Right. I have the air tag. They have made it to Manchester. The issue now is getting the clubs from manchester to the hotel because i signed the 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 option to have them delivered and they said you can't go get them 
So now ah. I'm waiting for them to bring up, but I hope they, we've got time. If not, we can film it another time this week. Um, cause it's funny cause you went up to the storeroom here uh, at the office today to have a look at the different clubs. And I must admit, I would have a hundred percent put you in a blade. Like when, when I thought, when you said yesterday, your clubs hadn't arrived, I think, I reckon I probably got everything. I said, Oh, he uses those bloody Tiger Woods blades though. I've, I've got a set of them, but they're in a box. So I don't really want him to use them. <laughs> right. It's quite nice to hear that using the, the P770s cause I've definitely got a set of them locking around somewhere just, just on that then do you think there'll be a time bit of a, of a nerdy topic here but will blades die because so many juniors now growing up with that in mind a bit more forgiving see so many elite golfers now moving away from like a, a blade put more of a mallet do we think there's going to be a future where people are just using more forgiving stuff and ego is just dropped yeah I, I definitely think cavity back irons are so much more popular for, from very very good players mm-hmm. as well like it's really only a handful of players now that i can really think of that use a proper proper blade mm-hmm. it's rare true. isn't it yeah it's true and i mean you take lee westwood for example he's played that thicker ping iron his whole life yeah i mean that i-20 and that's considered thick yeah and you look at even a lot of the tightest players are using the T100s. A lot of the tailor-made players, if it's not the obviously the TW, which are the most bladed blades, you've got a handful of in the, are in the MBs. But then you've got so much of them now that are in the kind of more forgiving set, 770s, etc. Um, yeah, I think it's a good. I think the, the, we could see in the next five, ten years, blades just completely dying off. R.I.P. to blades. Speaking about that though, and forgiveness, and your clubs, you two have got a match. That's hopefully the first video we're going to film. Yes. Fingers crossed it today. Right. Um, at your home course, Rick, says home course advantage at Marriott Worsley Park. Right. How do you both see your chances going? I'll start with Rick first. So, unlike Grant, <laughs> my game isn't particularly trending in the best best possible way at the moment. Okay. However. However, there has been some light at the end of the tunnel. I've, I've not played golf for two weeks. I've had a minor operation and I've been out of action. <laughs> this is good for me. This is. I've been out of action. However, sometimes you've got to beware the injured golfer. Mm. Right. So I, I feel somewhat hopeful. I did sneak in 11 holes last night. Right. I did. And how did play I, good? I had, a, I had an improv lesson as well. Didn't mean to kind of out on the golf course with a competitor that you're going to see later this week. Gave me a little few pointers out on the golf course yesterday. And it, and yeah, I liked it. It was, and his point was, I said, oh, I don't know if I can fully trust this this week out on the golf course. He said, he looked at me square in the face and went, what, would you rather be playing the way you have been recently? I'm like, oh, oh wow, ouch. Well, so yeah, we'll see what happens out of the golf yeah. course this week. Before we go on to Grant's chances though, you, we've not mentioned this because we've not done a podcast for a couple of weeks. We apologise. You could have beat Fat Perez. I think I... It was in the palm of your hand. I got unlucky in a big... Have you played Perez yet? I, I so I was supposed to play Fat Perez and I had food poisoning, but I, I want, yeah, I, I, I've played him in a 2v2, not straight up. We've played him in the YouTube championship, the first one we had. I played FP, but not straight up yet. He, uh, he just knows how to get it round, even when he's not hitting it great. And I've not got that ability. Oh, he really, he keeps it in play. Yep. FP is, he's solid. Yeah, he, he's he, not going to make many mistakes. That's the thing. And I, I feel, I started off hot. I watched the video. I you were two up after it. the first Yeah, I went birdie And birdie. almost went three up. Yeah. I know, I could have easily got three up. And I just, a couple of disadvantages. We'd both not played the golf course before this particular one in uh, Crail in Scotland. And, my slight disadvantage, because I was playing quite well, I had the honour on a few of the tee shots. I got in trouble because I we didn't know the golf course. I saw and it. he kind of learnt from mine a little mm, bit. Right. And I got a bit unlucky on a few a few shots. And anyway, I was a bit frustrated myself. But I, I feel like a couple of weeks ago, 
well, three or four weeks ago now, my game was really in tatters. I feel like the last few weeks they were starting to see some glimpses. I've not played for a couple of weeks, so we'll see what happens this week. Hearing that then, Grant, what are your chances of beating Rick at his home course? I mean, the thing is, I think Rick can potentially pull off more birdies than me. If it's a match play situation. Mm-hmm. If it's match play, I fancy my chances more against you than stroke play. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I I don't think I'd, I'd, I think I could play you 10 times in a row stroke play. I'm not going to beat you. I think I could play you 10 times in a row match play. I might beat you once. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. But you do make a lot of birdies when uh, you get I can, hot. At match play, I feel more comfortable, definitely. And, and like you say, home golf course advantage today. It's not particularly a bomber's golf course, so I'm not going to lose out on distance to you. I know the golf course quite well. you jet lagged, hopefully. Hopefully your golf clubs don't fully arrive. <laughs> And, and and I can hit you. That's why I'm doing it on the first day. I'm getting in there quick and Maybe early. Maybe you should give him the TWINs after all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make it as hard as possible. Uh, but yeah, we've got a really exciting week's worth of content. It was, it was really interesting. We've been... Um, We've always been open to collaborations and we've always been open to collaborations with channels that we love. Obviously, right. good, good collaboration we did last year with yourself and the boys. That was a huge success. Mm-hmm. Bob Does Sports, we invited over recently over to Scotland, had a great week with those guys. And we were talking just off camera a minute ago how hilarious they are. Right. Like they are so funny. And hopefully, you guys listening really enjoyed last week's podcast. And if you've not checked it out, I was a guest on their podcast as well, which was really funny. Um, you, that's worth checking out. We dived into quite a lot of detail on that and we've got a challenge coming up on their channel we did a guinness challenge I, i'm surprised you did that rick i, I, I want to watch it i'm gonna have to watch that one it was <sighs> guy it was, said he's gonna have to he's gonna have to watch that one over yeah, yeah we need to check we need to check <laughs> that video before it goes out <laughs> one thing your golf might not always live up to expectations rick but i'll be honest with you your drinking does i can drink <laughs> You can drink well. you, drink? Hang, you can hang with them. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a plus handicap in drinking. You're impressed with your drinking, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, I can drink. I'm for, there's no, there shouldn't be any surprises there, really. Uh, but yeah, we've got an exciting week. And then, so obviously this, a few months ago, we were like, you know, we've got to do more, obviously more collaborations this, this year. And I was like, Grant, what's Grant up to? I was like, well, let's invite him over. Like, see if he can come over and, and we manage to make it work. And it's like brilliant. And, and like I say, if we can, we've got loads of different golf courses planned out this week and loads of different concepts of videos, content for my channel and for your channel. So it, I think it's going to be a class week. Yeah. And I think, I think you and I are, are very similar with like, we're, we're both nerds of the game. I think we're both very invested into golf and, and just the game in general. So, um, that's really cool to share that in common. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so excited for this week. I know we have some cool courses coming up as well. Mm-hmm. And I've never even really played golf here much. Other than, I mean, we were at JCB. I know, pretty much every day last last year when we came. Yeah, I've never really played Lynx golf. So I brought a two iron just for this week to hit stingers. So we'll see. We'll see <laughs> I feel we like that's such an American thing to do. Yeah. I was is it, to, so is that like over? Yeah. Okay. I, well, no, it's probably the right strategy. But when again, when I was up in Scotland last week with the boys a couple of weeks ago, I was chatting to one of the caddies and I said, you know, is it mainly uh, US guys that come over? He said, honestly, 75%, if not more of, of our footfall, certainly some of the big, really popular courses like Kings Barnes and Old Course, they're Americans. And I said, oh, brilliant. He said, what, how do they adapt to Lynx golf? And they said, well, often they, they really struggle. And I can almost every single time they've put a long iron in the bag. And almost every single time at the end of the week, they end up giving it to one of the caddies. 
Right. Like, because they'll buy a one iron. Right, right, right. Just for that trip. Yeah. They'll use it for the week. And then when they go back to Florida or California or whatever, they don't need that club. So they end right. up giving it to the caddy just so they like get rid of it, really. Right. And <laughs> so I- you've done a very stereotypical American thing, but that's fine. That, that's I'd, tough. That's a tough look. But right, the good thing is, you can probably hit a two iron. Yes. Unlike That's someone maybe an 18 handicapper that tries to bring one over. I think you'll actually utilize a two iron quite a bit. Yeah. So what would, I mean, what's your biggest tip for Lynx golf? What would you say is the biggest difference between Jupiter, Florida golf, what, what I'm used yeah. to, and then now going over to Lynx golf? Mm, Expect to hit good shots and not be rewarded. It's just Lynx. because of the rollout. Just because of certain bounces. And you've some, you've got to accept that. And it, and it is tough. And it took me a long time in mm. Lynx golf to realize that. Like, you can hit what you've pictured as a great shot. And it could be a drive. It could be an iron shot, a wedge, or whatever. And it, a lot of the result depends on the bounce, the roll, the undulations. And you can't take it to heart too much. Like, you are, sometimes it'll work in your favor. Sometimes you'll hit a bad shot and it'll actually run and go up a valley and round the swale and get close to the green. Right. But other times you might flush it and you think that's perfect. Mm. And it might just hit a little bump in the green or a short of the green and it'll kick off to the right or left. And you're like, what the hell? And all the bunkers, unlike American golf, the bunkers are much more naturally placed. Right. So they're almost more like collection points so if if a ball is going anywhere near a bunker the chances are it's going to go in the bunker where in america i feel like your ball going towards the bunker doesn't come mean up short. It, mm, right. it, it can avoid it do you get what i mean if right. that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. No, i feel like the bunker even though the size of the bunker doesn't have to be that big because of the surrounding area it's three times as big because right. everything is going to fall into the bunker right yeah. and immediately when you when you talk about links golf and just being able to roll it. I do think of like FP's game. I think, cause I've played with FP a good bit now and like he hits it low. Yeah. And I feel like he could roll up shots just from like super far away. Cause yeah. that, that's what he kind of relies on FP. He carries his driver and it rolls out from where it lands. It rolls out another. Yeah. yeah. And it's certainly, and that's the other thing. If you hit in fairway on links, you'll get the advantage of roll. You know where I still think as well, though? I struggle with links golf, and I'm, I'm looking out to play a lot of good courses. It's the wind, but not necessarily into the face, because we kind of expect that. Like you said, you bring a two-iron, you play for the roll. It's the wind behind. We played an amazing golf course called North Berwick, and it played the opposite way to what it would normally would with the prevailing wind. And some of the, I think I had a, one of the holes, like 180, hit like a wedge through the green. Like, it's insane. It's trying to judge that. Yeah. I almost don't know without a caddy, how do you program yourself to hit those clubs? That, see, that's interesting to me. Now, going into a match with Rick, I think you would have the advantage immediately with Link style golf. I, I think so, yeah. Uh, I like Link's golf a lot. Obviously, I've played a lot of it living over here. My advantages are I feel like I can I can put a lot more from around the green, which right. again is not something you can do in Florida. That was a, a thing like say a medalist. All the greens are raised. If you miss the green, you have to chip. Mm, right, like, right. No, you can't do anything else. Like you can't really put it up as much as I tried. On Lynx golf, the difference between just off the green and green isn't that much different, really. Right. By you can obviously can't mark it, um, and then the the other probably advantages I've got is that you know, maybe I can flight it a little bit lower. And when I hit shots into greens, I'm very much conscious of where the ball's going to land rather than just the spin. Where I feel like shots in America, it's just about pitching it on the green and making it spin. Right. Where luckily at the moment, you've hit the UK where it's like we've actually had quite a bit of rain, so not everywhere's burnt out. It's not as hard as this table. 
with when there has been times where it's been hard as a table, like trying to land it, you've got to land oh, it. Yeah. So do you, so exactly. So you're, so the number you shoot, if you shoot 165, are you trying to land it 130 yards right now? You can land it closer to 165 because of the ground conditions as of right now, because it's quite green everywhere at the moment. Gotcha. When you get a burnt out summer, yeah, you could land it 110 yards with the right flight. Mm. Or you could, you know, you can just roll it up. Yeah. You could literally chip a shot with a seven iron or, or even a little nine iron or whatever. You could hit any club. Mm. So I, I feel like that thing. could, I feel like that could help out, you know, the average golfer maybe. It could, yeah, give them a chance to roll up to the green at least, potentially. But then you, then they put a bloody bunker in the way, and they put rough in the way. So yeah. it's like it's no, not yeah. always like a perfect strip. Right. I mean, the match we're playing today at the Marriott is it's much more of an American style golf course. I know we played it in the meetup last year, and we played right. a handful of holes. That's not linksy at all. Like that's, it's not American golf. Granted, it's not like Florida, Floridian golf. What but, you see is what you get. Yeah, you can land at the pin. You can spin it back. You know, you, the carry that you get is off the tee. It's not going to roll that fast. You right. Know. Um, but yeah, it links golf. We've got a couple of really nice courses lined up this this week. We've got a, a mixture of normal Partland English version of American golf courses, which we get a lot out of, uh, over here now, and then actually some really nice linksy golf course where it makes you think, and there's right. not as many trees, and the rough is quite high. And um, it, but it's it's just great. I love the variety of golf we have over here. Yeah, hundred percent. And one of the courses we've got lined up, we won't give it away just yet, but it is a former Ryder Cup venue. Right. And obviously the Ryder Cup is right around the uh, the corner now. What are you thinking your chances are? What are you in chances? For USA. For USA at the Ryder Cup. <laughs> I, I want to say USA, but Europe looks stacked. Mm. Europe I looks really good. I don't know. I think you've been, you think I, it looks I'm, good. Yeah. You, you, Europe. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, I hope so. I'm team Europe. I, and I'm, I would always root for the USA, but I think Europe's going to, going to pull this one out. I really do. Oh, that shocks me. There's, there's certain people on the team I'm super excited about in the in the Europe standpoint. Ludwig, I think, is the, everything I listen to and watch with people who are seriously in the know are like, he is going to be a generational talent. He's going to be the He's the a next better tiger. driver. What's his name? Ludwig Aberg. He's, he's a better driver is that than called, Rory. Yeah. I think really? he, he actually pronounced it Ludwig Ober or something. In He turned professional in May this year. And he's already got into the Ryder Cup June, team. You know. June. Yeah. Got into the Ryder Cup team. Never played a major. His, yeah. his stats are, are unbelievable. Right. He is the best driver in the world. He that is supposed is, to be that, the real deal. That is a. I you know I I've, I've seen his swing a couple times, but to be a better driver than Rory is, I mean that because I always feel like the stereotypical viewpoint of European versus USA is oh the USA hit it so much further European need to be tighter you know we hit it straighter that's gone we've like, got some bombers now well, that, of course we have that, that's what I'm saying like back in the day when like Luke Donald who was obviously the captain this mm-hmm. year was in the team yes that was quite stereotypical he wasn't the longest but he was arrow straight someone like Lee Westwood not the longest arrow straight Poulter not the longest arrow straight but now we've got John Rahm. Mm-hmm. Now we've got Rory McIlroy. Right. Now Even we've got Fitzy can bomb it. Aberg. Like, this, uh, like we're not now the straight and accurate. Right. Where I feel like actually a few more of your guys are that this year. Like Brian Harmon is the straight and accurate, not the longest. Right. Um. You know, the the I think there's two big shocks of, from the team. I'm really surprised Justin Thomas got on the team. I am. I, I'm surprised in, on that one. in a big I, way. I, I, I think Justin Thomas is my favorite golfer. And I'm always going to root for him, but I'm still surprised. I, I think as a team player, 
and Spieth's mate and as someone in the locker room, you need him at the Ryder Cup. Right. I think he would have been a great vice captain this year. Don't think he needed to be on the team personally. And then from Europe's standpoint, I think Hogarth was a real random one for me. Who like, would you who would you have replaced if you were the captain? Who would you have replaced Justin Thomas with? Um it's a good question. I probably need to proper look into the details a little bit more because I don't want to choose someone that... that Keegan Bradley? That, that's who I... Exactly. Yeah, that's Keegan Bradley one. was probably the one that felt like... First one. ...deserved a little bit more. And to be honest, I would have probably put Bryson DeChambeau ahead of Justin Thomas hey, as well. Bryson's a great mm. guy and I, I, I'm up there. I mean, I he think just Bryson, shot a 58. Yeah. That's what I mean. And he's he's found... I feel like he's found something. I you think, never want to count Bryson out. Yeah, that's true. But I, I think what I sometimes probably underestimate or maybe the, maybe the, the captains overestimate, I don't know, is how much does this team camaraderie actually make a difference? Because I always think of golf as being such an individual sport where you're going out and you have to beat the people in front of you. But they put so much emphasis now on who's going to gel well together, both in foursomes, in four, but also from chemistry. And obviously, you know, Bryson's a great guy. We get on well with Bryson. There's some things you hear that he's not as quite well liked in that team as maybe JT is. Right. So he, has he been picked more for that? I mean, he's been he's got a great record, Justin Thomas, obviously in the Ryder Cup as well. I don't know. I, I feel like Europe have a better team camaraderie. I mean, there's no one hotter in the world than Victor Hovland. There's nobody. Victor Hovland is really strong. You look, I do. I mean, I, I mean the one that I question a little bit is McIntyre, Robert McIntyre. Is he going to be a dog and get it done, or is he going to fold under pressure? I think he's play, obviously he's played his way into the team with his performances this year. I think he could be really strong. I've probably got a few question marks over like Shane Lowry and maybe Justin Rose a little bit. Justin think, Rose, you need a bit of experience in there, but Shane Lowry's not. Play, I think he's on. This is only his second Ryder Cup. Yeah. It's not like he's a real like stalemate in the whole team. True, but when you've walked and you've down the 18th and you've won the Claret Jug, yeah, not much can phase you after that. Right. I feel like so. But then been on the biggest stage. You could put Molinari back in the team. Well, yeah. For that instance, like, I f- yeah, I think it's a real. I think it, the with the teams coming out has made me more excited about this Ryder Cup. Yeah, me too. Because I honestly felt like this year's Ryder Cup could have really fell flat on its face. Because right. I, I just feel like there wasn't much of a hype around it. Certainly with the live players not being involved. Certainly from a European standpoint. Right. And obviously, live players in America, it get, it's very. It's only Brooks Koepka actually got into the team. Um, but obviously because he's, he's won a major this year. But I feel after seeing the, the 12 guys from both teams, it's like, actually, this could be really, really good Ryder Cup. We mm-hmm. got we got a chance to play the golf course a few weeks ago. It's a very interesting golf course. In fact, in next week's episode, we've got the course designer of the golf course um, tuning in, so make sure everyone's listening to that. Um, but I, I just, I, I'm, I'm fascinated. I personally, as much as I obviously root massively for Team Europe, I don't think Team Europe's team is as good as Team USA's team. That's my, I just I, don't think it is. I think in general though, I think experience in Ryder Cups, like you talked about Justin Rose, I think that is such a valuable thing because if you talk to these pros and you ask them the most nervous they've ever been, mm. it's always almost Ryder Cup. always the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So if you have that experience over someone like a McIntyre. It's just mad. What do you think? you're right I've heard that many a time it's the nerves what is it about it is it the fact there's obviously more fans it's more lurry or do you think it's the fact they're playing part of a team and don't want to let their team down you're playing for your country continent like you're playing for team USA you're Mm. playing for team Europe like it means a lot more and like I say it's so you're not letting your playing partners down but also I was in France uh, four years uh, five years ago now France was wasn't it Uh, 2018 I was there on the first tee on Friday the very, very first tee shots. I was stood in the grandstand. 
I was as nervous as I've ever been. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm literally looking at these, and the, and it's cr- absolutely packed. Like I can't remember how many people are sat behind the first grandstand, but we saw it at Rome. Mm. There's Huge. no grandstand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. In golf, that's as big as that behind the first well, team. Well, these courses are designed for the Ryder Cup. Right. So they're literally, they're built. It's insane. And then you, you throw in the atmosphere, you throw in the sound, you throw in the kind of... Uh, is it the Icelandic clap that yeah. the Europeans end up doing? Right. The atmosphere is ridiculous. And and I don't even know how they tee the golf ball up. Right. Like, I literally look at them going, oh my God. I mean, the the, uh, the golf national in France, that was a very, very difficult first tee shot. There's water down the left, dog leg right, really hard. In Rome, it's not as hard of a tee shot. No. Like the actual first tee shot. It's a little bit uphill, slightly left, uh, right to left hole. You can't really hit it in stupid trouble. You can find the rough, granted. But I think it's a much less daunting first tee shot in mm. Rome. Do you, do you think if you Americans can get behind the Ryder Cup more because it's their actual country? Um, like I'd, I'd, this is a bit of a different topic, but I don't feel necessarily European. Like Obviously, Great Britain and Ireland is part of... Europe. Well, it started as Great Britain. Well, exactly. And, and, now then, it's obviously, and then because we get losing, well, like we, have to, every, we have to stretch yeah, right. it out to Team Europe. Every player in the American team obviously is American. You're American, so you're kind of rooting for your country. Right. Or if it was a football match or soccer, you know, we um, cheer for England. But I like, would say my view on it is more against I'm rooting against America. Right. Fair dues. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. It's more I just don't want 
the American team to win. I yeah, went, I don't think the course comes into play. No, as in like, as we, like we don't feel maybe as connected as Team Europe. Right. Like, it's not, like like Guy saying, if this was Team Great Britain, which we are both from the UK, it right. would feel like well, we, it's our country. Where at the moment we represent in kind of Team Europe, it mm. doesn't feel quite, for it's, us, it's I just like, want to make sure that we beat USA. For example, this might be, people might hate on this, but if Tiger was still playing, which obviously is not in this Ryder Cup, against John Rahm, I think I'd want Tiger to beat him. Yeah. Wow. Because what? I don't... Spanish, so what? No, They're both sure foreign countries. That. But would you really? You'd <laughs> want John sure. Ram to beat Tiger. Yeah, I loved it when he beat him in, in uh, France. Wow. I'd say I don't. I'd always want Tiger to win. Wow. Oh, I love that. I loved it when he beat him. <laughs> but then if it was the Masters and they both go down the 18th, you'd want to win. Tiger. Yeah. There you go. There goes my Because it grows, I mean, obviously. And also I want the collaboration that you're going to set up for us, Grant. Right. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a lot has, since you last came on the podcast, obviously, Grant, which now was over a year ago, time has flown. A lot has changed, obviously, for us, but probably even more so, a lot has changed for you. Obviously, you were famously kind of part of Good Good, that collaborative, and now you're kind of running solo and doing a great job of that. So a lot's changed, I guess. How, how did that change come about and, and how's life been since then? Yeah, I mean... It's like I said, it's been, it's been great. I think when, when you are, when you're able to just focus on one thing, like I said earlier, it just becomes better. And, um, I just love, I love meeting new people. I think that's one of the, one of the best things with, you know, being able to travel so much and collab, I'm just meeting so many new people and being able to spend time with them, with each person I meet, um, and just form relationships. I think that's, that's the funnest thing. When you decided to leave good, good, Mm -hmm how long was that process like how how much had you been thinking about it how much did you kind of focus on that was it months and months in the build-up was it did it feel like an overnight decision it felt very very quick yeah it was it was definitely like a very um um just i mean yeah it, it happened all at once um which obviously wasn't the ideal scenario but yeah it, it happened very very quick when you first left I think it's fair to say you got a lot of hate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of hate. I remember you putting a video out there kind of saying, listen, this is my decision. And, you know, and the comments, some of the the hardcore good, good fans weren't happy with your decision. Right. That's fair to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, I remember when the video got released on, on Good Good, I went on my Instagram and my last post had like thousands of comments that were just like, people coming after me which was just crazy but um and i can understand as as a good good fan you know i mean people really we had some i mean just the good good fans in general were so diehard they, mm-hmm. they still are and i think um i can understand being in their shoes did you envision the the kind of breakup the the you leaving it to go the way it did that did you envision the the amount of kind of hate that might be thrown towards you or was that did that all come as a bit of a surprise it 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 for sure did i didn't think it was going to be that intense as it was right off the beginning um (laughs) i remember right after it did happen um i went on my phone i went on tiktok (laughs) and the first like five clips were like montages of of myself from just like with music playing and like I was just like, what is happening? And it was just like the craziest thing. So and people were making these montages because you'd left Good Yeah, Good. yeah. But it's almost like a R.I.P. Grant type yeah, of thing. Yeah, it was or, like, it was like I was, yeah, it's like, I mean, it was it was like sad music over it, you know. Um, 
So yeah, it was, was, the, was there a part of you though? Obviously, I can imagine opening your phone, so a lot of messages like that might be quite disheartening. Certainly, negative ones or over the top ones. And, and I, I, you know, I'd like to clarify that's no reflection on good. Good, I think any internet group or that have a fan base are going to be some younger fans who an internet culture itself people can behave in a way that's not really how they would behave in real life but right. do, do you think did you see a positive in that though that obviously people must be gutted because people wouldn't be leaving comments if they didn't care if you were just a regular always oh, a guy sometimes on the videos no one's bothered but they're obviously really upset you left so do you use that as positive energy to think actually if people care about me so much i can make a go of this on my own yeah and that's i mean that was the most amazing thing like I understood the hate, but I also, it showed when you're in it, you don't really notice Mm -hmm. how much people care. Like you don't, but when, when you step away, that's when you really feel it. And it was like something, it was crazy. It Mm -hmm. really was. It was absolutely unbelievable, but go, I, I believe in myself. Um, and that that's one thing that, and in the YouTube space and just golf in general, I, I do believe in myself and that's one thing that I, I always kind of held my head on. So I do think, you know, I have a really deep passion just for content creation now and, and YouTube in general, like I've, I've really loved the art of it. Mm. And, and that's what, you know, I, I just felt like I was called in that direction. Was there ever a point soon after you announced and you're leaving and you're getting all this hatred and stuff, was there ever a, a point in time you thought I've made the wrong decision? I, yeah, there's, there's definitely, I mean, it was, it was a Which tough is nat- time. natural. I think natural for anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very, very, you know, tough time. I, and, and, and like now, obviously time has passed. Yeah, of course. Um, it's easy to look on, on reflection now and go, you know, you've obviously made that decision. Right. But I bet at the time it was very difficult. It, it was very difficult. And, you know, time has passed now. And, and the greatest thing now is like, you know, I still talk with, Mm. a lot of like my friends and good, good. And, and it's like, it, it's all kind of past, which is, which is nice. And I think, um, just getting past it and, you know, it, it, it just in a normal job, someone leaves and it's not, you know, like a normal like business or anything, someone leaves and it's just like, you know, they're replaced, mm-hmm. but it was definitely, you felt it <laughs> times a million. Did yeah. you obviously got hate online, mm-hmm. which is not nice at all. Um, and, and like I say, not expected, but kind of went on reflection, you think, yeah, maybe it, it was expected to happen to some degree. Did you ever get any hate in person? Did anyone ever actually in person say I'm going to guess no before you say it. Um, <laughs> I think there was one time uh, I was walking, you know, when you go to a golf tournament, it's pretty, you you meet a lot of cool people, you meet a lot of the fans at, at golf tournaments. Um, I was walking at a golf tournament <laughs> I remember this one, like I've, I've had a couple of kids, like it's always the real young kids and they come running up and they're like, get in like a group and they're like, why'd you leave good, good? And they're like all like, you know, stand around with their arms crossed. So that's happened like a couple, but no, nothing like mean. But does that not just show you that internet culture as well, that you've had countless messages as we have for many different things that are negative, but then in real life, you've got maybe one case study of where it's happened. It just shows that people say things they don't really mean online. Yeah. And... <laughs> That, that brings me to a point, like when I did leave, it was like, I experienced more growth in the initial, when the video like came out, I was, I was kind of like viewing my analytics. I was like, let's see what, what happens. Cause I know it's going to be a crazy time. Um, initially the channel took like a little hit and then from there, it's just like, it went down and then it just went up yeah. and it like, it was my biggest growth ever. And it was like, so there were more support, like there was way more support than I think people 
think there's a lot of hate, obviously. And I think the hate comes from a lot of the younger, the younger crowd. And I think the older people <laughs> understand that, you know, in life, things happen, things yeah. change. And, um, you know, what's interesting, sorry, just what's interesting though, is those people that would have unsubscribed are probably actually your biggest fans because the ones that take the energy to actually unsubscribe and, and that frustrated by it, they'll be watching every video. No, I mean, it takes They'll probably come back and like, subscribe yeah, anyway. A, a guy who's 25, 30, who's married and got a good job, who's mature, isn't going to go to the effort of unsubscribing from your channel because you don't work with Google anymore. Right. It's not going to bother. Someone who's 14, who's gutted, might do. But then the next day when you release another video, they'll be watching. So it's just something to remember, isn't it? That not everything you see online is actually that important. I think as well as, as humans, and, and I've experienced it in 11 years making YouTube content, we do remember bad comments. Oh, that's the number one comment you remember. So regardless of, you know, the comments on that video, you might look back on now, there might have been a tidal wave of positive comments as well. Right. You just don't remember. Don't you remember. Only, you no, only I, remember. That, I mean, that's, that is a great statement. That is a great statement because if you post a YouTube video... You could get 50 positive ones. If you get one negative, that one sticks out and you think on that one for a second. It always gets to you the negative one, the criticism, but the ones that are positive, you kind of just use as fuel. But it's, it's definitely interesting that, that to think about. What was your, uh, what was your best memory being in good, good? My best memory was with, actually was with you, the three chippings. Oh. The three what? The three, three chippings with oh you. Oh, God, oh, yeah. that major. Yeah. You played ridiculous that The day. three chippings with Rick in the major was the craziest time of my entire life. Yeah. I'll never do that again. And I, I firmly believe it. And it's like crazy because that's, that's to this day the most viewed good, good video. I think it was mainly UK. because of the chippings rather and than it was, me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, I don't know where the views came from. But it, was, it was crazy. Like I, I, I was so mad that. <laughs> I couldn't believe like the, the second one happened. I'm trying to think. Was the first one on the eighth where you where you actually chipped it up, but it ran back down the hill? Yes. And then you hold it. Was that the first one of the chip ins? Is number eight right before the par three? Yeah. Okay, so that was the first one. That was for par. And I remember you chipped it on fifteen, the par five. Um, where was the par five? Oh no, you chipped it on thirteen, and you chipped it on fifteen. Thirteen and fifteen. But the craziest thing was the second chip in. You know, it, like we're all going crazy because it's like two chip ins in one round. When we got to the third chip in, that's when people started saying, like, I, I kept hearing, I heard Matt say it, I heard Micah talk about it. They're like, there's no way you chip this in again. And then that went up. That's when the moment, like, right before I'm, I'm, I'm like giggling, I'm like, there's no way this could ever happen. And it goes in. And that's when I like lost my mind because I'm like, this is crazy. Like, that was like a difficult pitch. Like, that was not easy. I was kind of like, over to the side, it like nipped, went in perfect speed. And that player, that major went to a playoff with you and Micah. Yep. And you won it, didn't you? I did. So you won the major with the most amount of videos on a good, good most channel with three chippings. Nice. I did. And that, <laughs> you know what's crazy is at that day. Ah, sorry, just a quick one. You didn't leave, did you? No. They kicked you out. <laughs> That's what it was. You explored it. Because you've got three chippings on the most viewed video and you won it. <laughs> you, they actually forced you out. They Rick, kicked you out. Rick, Rick figured it out. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I think, though? That just summarises golf. And one of the reasons that I love golf is that when you've been asked then what one of your best memories, it doesn't come down necessarily to your best ever score. It's those things that happen on the golf course. The I think that's moments. what keeps everybody going out. Because you could go out and shoot, you know, you could be an 18 handicap and go and shoot 100 and have a horrendous day. But something happened that you maybe you chipped in or you hold a bunker shot or you, you hit a great iron to two foot and banged it in for a birdie two. It's those moments that we kind of don't forget that, 
anybody can get. You could, you could never play golf before, play your, your first round and make one par. And it's that feeling. Oh, it's yeah. incredible. And it, what I was going to say is at the end of that round, and going into the playoff with Micah, it felt like I was trying to win the Masters. <laughs> like I probably felt the same feelings as if I was trying to win the Masters. I don't think I would feel anything different. Like it was a big deal. It was seven hours of grinding. Oh, it was hot. I, it, was, <laughs> it was a I long knew, day. Like I knew in my brain how many video, like how many views this was going to get. And I remember talking to Colin. Like he had the SD cards in the van. And we're like, we and Colin were joking. We're like, you need to absolutely, need them. To, you need to put them in like a chest. Like, never let those get anywhere. But um, yeah, it was like I remember just so nervous on that playoff hole, and it, it's crazy to feel that because it was just that intense. It was mm. quiet, and me and Mike were trying to. Beat I, know, each I, other. I had to shoot. Unfortunately, I had to get home, uh, so I missed the playoff. But yeah, it was. Right. It was. I remember being intense. I thought you. I thought you'd say like like Matt's holding one on like no, the half okay. hole. Yeah, it's selfishly. That's my best yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, The best moment, for sure, like, being a part of. Yeah, Matt's hole-in-one was unbelievable. And Garrett's albatross. Mm. Garrett's albatross, because Garrett and I, I mean, we did GM golf full-time. So that was that was crazy. Like, Matt's hole-in-one, obviously having all the camera angles up at the green, it was just, like, a miracle. And then what happened prior to that, I don't mm. think we'll ever be... I don't think that would ever be topped. But Garrett's albatross on the par five was so crazy because that's just, you know, it was just me, Garrett, and Ryder. And I was filming it down the line. And, like, right before Garrett hit, I think it was he said, like, you know, Ryder, go up to the green. Let's film this. And Garrett or Ryder just happened to drive up to the green to get an angle. And and Garrett was kind of struggling that day. And I remember, because I hit the tee shot. So it wasn't like a true albatross. Yeah, yeah. Team one. No, not to knock anything, but like, yeah, I hit the, it was like we were doing a scramble. I We took my drive and Garrett was like, I'm going to hit this huge fade. And he hit like a 20-yard cut. And it landed short and rolled in like perfect. He didn't perfect believe Ryder did he at first either. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what is? It's an insane shot. What's, uh, what's your relationship like with the boys at the moment? I mean, I talked to Garrett. I talked to Garrett a good bit. I talked to Matt a you lot. You were at Matt's wedding recently, weren't you? Yeah, I, I yeah. And Matt, all the all the boys were there, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yep. I saw everyone. Um, that was that was the first time I saw them. You know, since everything, it's been a while. I've I've seen Matt. I've seen Garrett. I've seen a couple of the guys, but yeah, I haven't seen them since. So it was nice. Seeing was it them. all right? Yeah, it was it was good seeing them. Um, and you know, was there any emotional crying over a few beers at the end of the night? I feel like you guys are all too squeaky clean to be boozing and crying at the end of the night yeah no i no definitely not that i mean i, I was just happy to celebrate matt you know i was just kind of there and it was awesome to see him and maddie you mm. know get married so but yeah i and like colin colin's such a you know i talked i hung out with colin and max for a long time and like we talked about youtube in general so that's always fun like i always like to like nerd it out with mm. them and talk about i YouTube. think i think what's really interesting for me though and when you you and obviously mike announced you were leaving you know it's not the first time it won't be the last time that either he's like a boy band and somebody leaves or certainly in the youtube space now it's, it's quite common that there's like a big platform and one person leaves to do their own thing and it can go one or two ways really it can obviously be a great success for that person which I would definitely class yours as or it can be a case where they might start up get a few followers and before you know it they kind of die a death and, and even if you look at a huge platform like you know Mr Beast set up Mr Bro for his brother and gave him all the it's almost started, started with a million subscribers of, yeah, loads it? of money loads of insight editors and that just flopped because he had no charisma and didn't really obviously go anywhere so how did you make it a success? How did you really, was there something that you thought, right, that is the key or is it just a bit of everything? Yeah. I, I think when you bet on, like when you, when you do bet on yourself, 
there's that, I felt like my back was against the wall. Like, what are you going to do? What's, mm-hmm. well, I mean, what's your next step? I mean, that, that's when it got, you know, that's, it does get scary. Cause you're like, you got, I mean, when you're in good, good, you have that to fall back on. Mm-hmm. But when you're out on, when you're out on your own, it's kind of, you know, your back's against the wall. Um, and yeah, it's just like that, that feeling, that pressure. And then obviously bringing in my videographer, Skylar helped a ton. I mean, he grinds on the channel. We tried to take the production to the next level. Um, so a lot of different things there, like really just all kind of fueled. And yeah, I mean, now it's like, we kind of, we kind of figured our, our, our lane out. We find, we kind of figured out our path. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the back against the wall. Thing. If you were to describe your YouTube channel then to someone who'd never seen it before, how would, how would you actually describe it? I, I would say <laughs> serious golf, but yet lighthearted. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, I want it to be a place where there's high quality golf. I, so almost, almost, um, it, I had a line that I, I forgot. It's almost like high level golf, but with entertainment, right? Entertainment, high level golf. Exactly. Really. Ex- that's, you nailed it. So I enjoy playing with just pros. Like I, I want to collab with, you know, different pros in the future and do 18 hole matches. And I want to see if I can beat a lot of these guys. Like, going out to film with Bryson right after this. Um, we're heading out to Dallas. We're going to do like an 18-hole match. I want to see, you know, just for fun, you know, if I can compete. I just did a match with George the other day. Mm-hmm. And and George is one of the, I mean, he's unbelievable at golf. He really is. So, and like playing with him and just that level of golf, it feels like I'm getting better and we're having tons of fun. So, At what point though? Because obviously you are a, a, a very good, are you pro now or are you still? No, no, I've So never... what would your handicap kind of be now? Just to the listeners, roughly plus... Three, something like that, maybe a little better or... Yeah, I would say, I mean, yeah, plus one, plus Plus, two. So how do you, that's, I mean, that's a good level of golf, clearly. Mm. How how do you now maintain that kind of love for practice, that time for practice, as well as running a successful channel where ultimately what really pays the bills is is views? Right. Um, That's definitely, that's, practice has taken like kind of a, Mm. I don't practice. Yeah. I really don't have time. I'll go hit balls at the range. It's not like I was in college because in college it was like you actually intentional practice. Mm -hmm. Um, now it's, you practice when you play for the con, I mean, when you're doing videos, because the time I'm not doing videos is the time I'm also trying to be present. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I I just feel like, (laughs) you know, we, we filmed so many videos that if I'm done filming, then I'm practicing on top of that. At that point, it's like, yeah, almost too much golf I hate you I think it's sometimes <laughs> and you, you know you see a lot of creators do this and Rick did it with his quest for the open many years ago when a creator tries to have like an actual channel and also a mission within that channel to get on a tour it's so hard to actually do them both successfully I think the Brian Bros maybe one example of that where obviously George went on to play yeah. on the PJ tour oh, yeah. and win but to actually balance the two no, it's Wesley, so, yeah. sorry Wesley sorry it's so hard to, to do them both yeah I mean Bryson I remember talking with Bryson before he you know when he was just starting his YouTube channel and he was like I, he wanted to be like the first guy to try and do both mm. and it's just that it's hard like yeah. you can't focus heavily on your your career on the pj tour and be doing content creation unless you have a team that's yeah. kind of doing it for you and you're just doing it yeah um but then it, that that comes across as it's not really you exactly that's the yeah. difference like exactly if, if it's your channel you've got to be involved with it you've got to have a say on the edit you've got to have a say on how it's going to be produced or what matches and where you're going to play in this time i, I, I think the first person that really breaks onto the scene that has done that is going to have such a fan base it's a little bit like what min Wu's doing now with like his social media it's so authentic and it's so kind of behind the scenes and it's 
almost so it makes them so likable that right. you, the fan base that you can create and then obviously the sponsorship off the back of that it's going to be insane i tell you who probably was the first like a pulter yeah to really kind of show use social media to show off their personality but also still playing tour level golf like i feel like there's not been that many because a lot of people brands um so sorry a lot of people who play on tour their social media is managed by someone else right exactly. right and you can feel there. that of course you can the other one i'm thinking of is carl phillips yeah because he's at some he's done that and his dad he's, he's, he's probably his dad most well yeah but he's it. been doing content since so long 15 years ago when he was like seven six so people have literally watched him for that long because i think min was on this channel years ago as yeah. well he's only like, 20 at Stanford, wow, if, right. he, if he goes on to to make it on the PJ Tour, he'll have such a fan base, and I think he will. Mm-hmm. I think he's unbelievable. The um, have you got any ambitions to to play on tours or to play professional golf? I know, obviously, Micah seems like he's going much more that way. Right. I've not spoke to Micah about that. Obviously, I know you you mentioned that you obviously still hang around with him a lot. Is that something that you've got ambitious for, and is it something that Mike is really trying to focus on? Yeah, I think th- I think that's definitely Micah's passion is pro golf, so he's going in that direction. My passion's YouTube. Um, mm. I love thumbnails. I love to, like I love all that. Like I get into that. Me and Skyler, we just sit like all night and just talk about it. That's all we do. Uh, and when did when did that reality hit? Because I'm guessing there was a point in time where you wanted to become a professional golfer playing on tour or whatever. I'm guessing, right. as all of us did. Right. Did that moment take place pre-good-good, good, post-good-good, good, during-good-good? Pre. Right. So yeah. pre-good-good, good, you were like, professional golf, it's not going to happen. Right. I want to th- venture down this kind of YouTube platform. Yeah, I, re- I, I had that realization in college. I just didn't love competitive golf. I didn't love it. And you need to love it. You need to love being on the road and doing all that. When I found content creation and and getting into that that's when i was like this is it like this is this is what i like like i i love golf and i love playing matches but i also don't want to do it with money on the line and like my life based on it like i don't you don't do four rounds of stroke play staying in all different types i'll do it for youtube yeah yeah i'll do four rounds of stroke play for youtube all day i love it but not when it's like you know you're, you know, you're trying to pay your bills. I, I, I wonder, that. that'd be a silly question to ask. I'll try and articulate it in the best way I can. But if you've got a group of like kids who, let's say are 15 and good at golf and you showed them what it would be like to be a, let's just say a DP world tour player who's kind of okay, keeps the card, not super, super successful, but they're a professional golfer. They can say they're a professional golfer on the, on the DP world tour versus quite a successful golf YouTuber and show them actually the real intricate inside lives which you'd prefer to do? I think it depends on what stretch of time that's going to be over. Mm-hmm. Like if it's just one year, then you could go down either way. If you yeah. said it was over 10 years, it, I think it, I think it depends on the duration. What would you rather do? If someone said, now you can click your fingers and this YouTube world's never happened, but you've been on the European tour for 12 years, you've had a couple of top fives, you've I, kind of kept your card. I think I would personally struggle not excelling on the if I was just on the DP World Tour as a bit of a journeyman and didn't really ever win anything, I'd Richard win. Bland before his win. I, I personally think I'd struggle with that. Mm-hmm. A lot of time away from family, a yeah. lot of commitment. Yeah, you you've really got to put the effort in. A lot of times you're not making the cut. You're not mm-hmm. making money. Oh, yeah. It's stressful. Really, really, really stressful. Where and and how can you ever rank success? Mm. Like. And to some degree, golf YouTube is quite different in that category. Like, 
you can measure success in many different categories. You can measure the success of how you've played in the video, whether right. you've won the match and you could you could deem that as a su- success. Right. You could deem it in the fact of, oh, I, I made it, I played crap that day, but I actually made a great video. Right. And the video views have done really well and the comments are great. That's deemed as a su- success. It's not all based on your personal performance where DP World Tour <laughs> is based only on personal performance. True. This might never happen, but could either of you ever foresee a future where you've got, a 14-year-old who's grinding on the range, who's a good player, whose aspirations aren't to be a tall player, although they may have the ability, but they want to be the next Grant, the next GM Golf, the next Rick Shields. Is that a possibility? Or is that just never... Are we always going to aspire for elite performance? The um, number one job choice in golf... In, the number one job choice by kids now at school is to become a YouTuber. It's crazy. Which is quite scary. But could you imagine that, though? A 14-year-old grinding all the gear. <laughs> yeah, but they'd be grinding with a video camera. Right, right. <laughs> no, but could it be the case where someone said, what, do you want to be? Do you want to get on tour? And they get, not, not even that they don't realise they're good enough. They actually want to be a YouTube golfer. No, I'm, I'm watching that happen. That exact scenario I've watched happen. I'm not going to mention the names, but I've watched some of the best junior golfers, a couple of them that I've played with. I've played with a lot of them. Um, they are, in, instead of trying to go on the tour, they see you know, content creation. And I think their eyes go towards YouTube because it's like, it's fun, it's easy, it's cool. Yeah. Um, it's not easy, but it's definitely it like... It appears that way. It yeah. appears that way, for sure. Um, and I think their eyes are going towards content creation over the tour. But there's always going to be the group, the the really, you know, yeah. motivated ones that are going to go for... You know what? I always, genuinely, I always feel like the really, really, really good players don't even really know about YouTube golf. I mm-hmm. 100% agree. When I was in college playing and I was around all the different, all, all the college golfers, no one ever, you know, talked about YouTube golf. Mm-hmm. I think what's happened with YouTube golf is COVID was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I think golf just took a boom and golf's been growing so much. So the new people getting in, they, they, they yeah. start with YouTube and that's Absolutely. what happens. But the real high level of golfers, you're not going to go watch someone on YouTube that's no, not well, as I, good as I you. I flicked through a few of the Walker Cup guys when they were playing at St. Andrews a couple of weeks ago and um, the UK team versus the Europe team, uh, Great Britain team, sorry, against US team. And I flicked on a few of the profiles because they're actually sharing quite a few of the profiles and, and a lot of their profiles, they might have a couple of hundred followers. They're not really updating the social media, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And actually you kind of click and... Uh, two or three out of the, the teams actually did follow me and then I clicked on them and, and I normally expect some of these younger lads to follow yourself and good, good. Some of them, like, quite a lot of them didn't follow any of us. It's like, right. God, it's like they don't even know. Like, the, all, oh, yeah. they're, all they're doing is following Rory, Ram, da-da-da, like Hovland, like they're following tour players. And I don't and think their dads want them watching probably yeah. golfers that aren't as like, good. They're not they're, mm. on their Instagram. They're not following like the side men or Mr. Beast or like, the, it's not even just golf YouTube. It's like, they're not even really tuned into YouTube itself. Well, yeah. well, I wonder again though, another, cause it, it's still so young, really the platforms when you think about it. Like for example, I'm trying to get back into my running a little bit and be out of shape and I'm doing bits. And there's a running YouTuber I watch, right? Weirdly, you showed me him about three years ago. She getting a pair of shoes. You'd like reviewed. And this guy, he's a good runner, he's a good level runner, but his times that he runs are nowhere near, like, Olympic or anything like that, but he's a good, like, amateur elite runner, if that kind of makes sense. But, yeah, I watch him, kind of his, his personality, and he's still good, he's aspirational, but he's not the best in the world. But I think that's, again, with golfers, you know, people watch the PJ Tour, yeah, they want to watch who's the best player on the planet, 
there's more to it than that. They want to watch personalities, want oh, stories, God, yeah. want narrative, don't they? Like at the Open, the amount of times I got stopped at the Open this year, it was, it was incredible. And, the, and you know, you'd get, oh, little Jimmy's only come to, he would, he would de- he didn't want to meet Rory, he didn't want to meet, he wanted to oh, see yeah. you today. And it's like, well, that's a bit mad. And, and I suppose that, though. <laughs> like, that's a bit crazy. <laughs> the question I asked yeah. Grant before was about his success from leaving Good Good. I think that kind of answers it because, you know, you're a good, very good golfer. You said you're plus one or so, but how many guys in America around your age who've been to college or ever can play golf at that standard? But you've got the following because of your personality, how you are on camera, you know, the kind of the videos that you do. And that's what people are buying into. Yes, they're buying into your ability. It's aspirational. You're a great player. But it's much more than that, isn't it? Yeah. It's entertainment as well. It has to be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when I'm filming a video, I feel like I'm out there with you know, the fans, I feel like there's, you know, I'm talking to people, mm. um, and the subscribers, I just feel like there's a connection there versus, you know, just playing golf and not talking, mm. but back to that tournament idea, I actually have a tournament I entered in, so I'm not trying to go pro, but I did one other tournament a while back and it was one of my best performing videos in a long time. And I shot a 69 and it was a different style. It was, you know, my wife out in the distance filming and zooming in mm. and it felt different. And then I, I snuck a GoPro in the cart and then I had my buddy Henry caddying for me. So we're going to do that again coming up, but that's really fun for the pro, the, just, just, just the pro golf aspect, bringing that into the channel. It, I can just enter these minor league tour events and the guys on this minor league are actually like some of the guys that are making it onto the tour. Brooks used to play on it. Mm. A lot of these guys work their way up through this minor league tour and I can just enter them. And you can play it as an amateur. I can play it as an amateur or, I mean, I think we're, are we considered pros? Since well, we, I am anyway, but oh, I'm you're a PJ a pro. pro anyway. You're a PJ pro, but I wonder, I've always wondered this, if you make money from golf, are you considered a pro? I don't think no, so I think, because I, think I make we, my money through this, obviously, and I'm not a pro. So yeah. I can retain amateur status. I believe so, yeah, it, because it, you, you're it, not actually, you're not winning prize money. We looked at this the other day. We did an event. We did a video where we gave the first golfer to make a birdie ten thousand pounds, like fourteen thousand dollars, whatever. And we had a look at this before. And certainly with the RNA, there's criteria. So if you win it for a specific skill, e.g., long drive, e.g., holding a putt, e.g., making a birdie, it doesn't actually count as as excess that you could win as an amateur. If that makes sense. If it was right. an eighteen-hole stroke play event, then yeah, there's a threshold on how much money you can actually earn. And also a holding one as well. I think so. Threshold on I suppose you could enter the event and if you manage to win it, you could just not take the prize. Well, right. I don't know. Oh. Right. So with the minor league tour, the amateurs get a gift card to yeah. PGA's tour superstore. But it'll be a limit. They will, There's a limit. Yeah. And then the money that but you they make. Can, off, but the pros, they actually get straight cash. Yeah. But then the money your video makes off that, I suppose it's for entertainment purposes. So yeah. it's not actually, I don't know. You, you'll find a way. Yeah, no, I, it's definitely like, I'm not in there. I'm not. I'm not in there to like take their money. If, yeah. I, if I win, that would be amazing. Like that would be crazy because there's right now there's like a lot of really good names entered. Olin Brown Jr. is like there's like some you know some guys with with parents on the Champions yeah. Tour like they're entered in there and it's it's cool to see who plays. But yeah, I'm entered in that and then I'm actually going to Bob's tournament right after that. Oh, breezy. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Chicago. So we're going to play in that too. I'm going to film that one. Oh, That'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, excellent. Grant, it's been amazing chatting to you as always. I'm excited yeah. about this week. I really am. Um, you know, you're such, it, I've all, we hadn't met before last summer and I feel like we really connected and chatted lots about YouTube. It feels like, mm. let's say part of the group, you were the kind of the most forthcoming and switched on to actually thinking about 
well, analytics and thumbnails and content and you were chatting about our Facebook strategy and all that and it's, it'll be great this week again to collaborate on, on ideas off off camera and on camera obviously um, yeah it's been awesome hopefully your clubs arrive yeah. I'm going to go and pick them up now from the hotel and hopefully we can film that hit video where we go through what's in the bag and then we've got a big match this afternoon yeah I mean there's just, just to end this I mean there's no one you know Rick Shields I've always looked up to your guys content and that's like kind of like I mean you guys are my like the inspiration that I take each day to be like hey you know what are you guys doing that we can do better and that yeah it's been amazing keep it that way yeah. <laughs> I can't look anywhere else don't be fun. Don't, be, don't be catching too much of a right grab just chill out all right no you're doing well everyone listening watching be sure to subscribe and enjoy Good golf, very good golf with a mm-hmm. with a blend of entertainment on Grant's mm. channel. We'll put a link down in the description below. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy the content coming very soon. Uh, you've been a wonderful guest for our 200th episode. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you, guys. Uh, we have got a live podcast coming up very soon, which we've actually sold tickets out. We sold out of tickets in about, what, 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. We sold out tickets. And that's that coming be up right in now? In a few weeks, yeah. yeah okay. Not yet, in a, in a few weeks' at, time. At Marriott Worsley Park. We it is, it yeah. is actually our kind of celebration of 200 podcasts and also four years doing the podcast. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you back on again. Thank you very much, Grant. Um, go and chill out for a few hours, and we shall see you very soon on the golf course. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Don't get pouncing too much. See you, everyone. Peace. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 